everybody, and welcome to the moment you've all been waiting for here on They Made Another One. After five long weeks of doing nothing but animal movies for our world-renowned, critically acclaimed Animal Month, we are finally here for the last week in our Animal Month, Animal Spectacular, in support of the animals. The animals are in the audience, you can hear them right now, and what we will be covering is Leave It to Beaver! I am one of your hosts, Corey. And I'm your other host, Liam. And on this show, we study an often forgotten installment in a film franchise, and we're doing animal films right now, as everyone knows. You may remember us talking about cats, cats again, pet cemetery, that other one, Jaws is the other one. You guys know the one. Animals wall to wall. And uh, what better movie, I think, to end it on than Leave It to Beaver? And Leave It to Beaver is the 1997 film adaptation of a sitcom of the same name, which aired between 1957 and 1963. That sitcom was written and created by Bob Mosher and Joe Connolly, two renowned animal lovers if they named their show Leave It to Beaver. And um, this film adaptation was directed by Andy Cardiff, written by Brian Levent, who directed The Flintstones and Jingle All the Way which is wild, and um, Lon Diamond, and it stars Cameron Finley as the titular beaver, Christopher McDonald, Janine Turner, Eric Von Detten, Adam Zolotin, Erica Christensen, Matthew Carey, and Glenn Walker Harris Jr. All that said, Liam, how do you feel about Animal Month? How do you think it went? I, well, I think it went about as good as it could have. Probably our best one yet and our best, our best one animal we'll do uh, yeah i think i mean it'll it'll definitely be up there five years from now i think you could say it's in the top five animal wow. months i like that we covered a bunch of different animals a lot of different kinds because when people think about animals they tend to just think about the pets you have and so like cats and dogs and maybe like a mouse or something but we went to dead pets and dead cats and dead dogs and we did dead dinosaurs and we did a dead we did shark. do jurassic park we sure did and that's not a pet you can have yeah so i just i'm, I'm a big animal lover and an animal activist you know and, how do you uh, feel about beavers oh i love them i do love you have beavers. a favorite a favorite beaver that's correct yeah i like the angry ones like the cartoon angry ones yeah um well Those how do the leave it to beavers stack up to the angry beavers by which I mean I don't want to get into the movie yet. It's too early. However, like the Angry Beavers, Leave It to Beaver has a television legacy. And I'm wondering what your familiarity is with that original sitcom. Dude, I don't know anything <laughs> about Leave It to Beaver. I was too busy watching the Angry Beavers. Uh, no, man, I don't, I don't know if this is one of those old sitcoms that was ever on the air when I watched TV. Like, The Honeymooners was on, and uh, I, don't, I don't know if it got much older than that um i don't even know so, when the honeymooners is from <laughs> so uh leave it to beaver i i i, I, I don't know anything about it man just uh, this movie uh, that's all that's all i know okay did you read anything did you look anything up at all no like i i, I just know it's like a it's a wholesome 50s sitcom you know like i've i've heard some people reference uh like i think there's a joke in boy meets world that's like it's you know it's like leave it to beaver at your house and it means like it's like uh it's just wholesome family values and wacky misadventures and stuff not but, to be confused uh, with adam's family values which are different yeah those, uh, those are not are the same values at all 
Yeah, very, very different. Those are, uh, that that's involves death. It does. I don't know if people died in Leave it to Beaver. I mean, you know, that act, that bike accident at the end looked pretty severe. Who's to say? Yeah, they have a very special episode about Beaver's <laughs> biking death. <laughs> that's um, the series finale. Dude, that is a very special episode of Leave it to Beaver. Well, I have definitely seen like maybe an episode or two in my life, and your assessment is pretty accurate. So we've got the Cleaver family. We have uh, Ward and June, who are the parents, and we have Wally, the older brother, and Theodore Beaver Cleaver, which, yes, is the single funniest thing I've ever heard. And um, Wally and Beaver just sort of get into, like, fairly innocent, like, hijinks or schemes, or, like, they tell a lie by accident or rip their good shirt because it's the 50s and that's how that worked. And um, it's a it's a show about morals and uh, wholesome family values and 50s modernity and you know just being a real like nuclear conservative family kind of situation and um i know my parents all had it as a touchstone for being something that was on in syndication and reruns when they were growing up but i definitely think that it's something that we would have totally missed because even things like I don't know, like Nick at Night or whatever our equivalent was that played like old stuff didn't go that far. I don't think. I don't remember ever turning on like YTV and seeing like Leave It to Beaver. I guess we were too busy watching fucking Uh Oh or something. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we're like a generation removed from Leave It to Beaver, which is why it works for this show. I think because uh, they made another one in movie form for. Our generation, you know, 1997, this was like out when we were kids. It was uh, making the rounds. And so uh, that's that's kind of why we're looking at it today. Yeah. You know, this is our Leave it to Beaver. Well, it's interesting. It's in too. color. It's in color, which is the only way a movie can be good uh, as the show has way established. Less lame. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. Your movie can either be in black and white or good. The choice is yours. So <laughs> any directors listening, we've made it pretty clear what your options are. So. Leave it to Beaver, 1997, right? It comes at a moment where I feel like the 90s had a lot of these weird revivals that sort of centered around, like, uh, goofs and antics and mischief. Like, Dennis the Menace was definitely big at the time. (laughs) He got a movie, I think, in 1993. And that's a similar, like, throwback property that got the reboot treatment. And I also just think there was a moment where, like, every family movie was just sort of like we have a kid or a family and like hijinks ensue. And that was basically it. I'm thinking, I don't know why, but the first thing that came to mind was Dunstan checks in a movie. I have not seen, and I'm not a hundred percent sure it came out in the nineties. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know that maybe that's I just have animals think, on the brain. Revealing stuff about yourself. Uh, I think I just got, I got on animals on the brain. Cause uh, like I said, it's animal man, but it took us six weeks to get there, but we did it. Yeah. I'm surprised it took us this long um doing the podcast to bring up dunstan checks in because i feel genuinely shocked (laughs) the way that drops of jupiter by train is like almost (laughs) always in my head i feel like dunstan (laughs) checks in is like almost always in your head because it's not the first time i've heard you bring it up dunstan will never check out and he lives there rent free yeah (laughs) like that's just how this works but um no i feel like am i wrong in saying that like the 90s was like a golden era for like the hijinks movie 
Oh yeah, no, totally. It's uh, um, Baby's Day Out is one of them. The Good. Stupid, starring Tom Arnold. The Flintstones was one of them. Right. Uh, Mr. Magoo got a reboot. Um, and what was uh, it's not Beverly Hills, but it's it's about that family. They live in a. They're just like a wholesome family, and it's a TV show from the fifties or sixties. Starts with a B. Leave it to Beaver. No, that's not the one, but it goes right hand in hand with it. The Bunny Mooners. No, it's like the maybe the something family. The, I uh, I genuinely don't know. I cannot help you here. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of useless knowledge up in my dome. I.e., Dunstan checks in. Um, I got nothing here. Oh, oh, the Brady Bunch. The Brady oh, Bunch. That's, that's like it. a. I thought that was like a seventies show. Yeah, but it got it got a reboot in the nineties. Did it? Saying. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. shit! I didn't know that. Well, tune in next week for uh, the yeah. Brady Bunch episode. Um, it also got a sequel too, like a forgotten sequel. I think they might go tropical in the, the sequel. The Brady so it, it checks all the, the box. We should do okay. We genuinely should do that someday. However, um, we're in this mindset, and I'm wondering, like, do you have like, I'm saying like too much. I'm a radio professional, folks. I'm gonna clean up my act. Do you have? a film that sort of typifies this era of kids movie for you? Do you have one that you like genuinely enjoy? Oh yeah. I watched uh, Dennis the Menace strikes again over and over and over, which was the sequel to Dennis the Menace from 1993 or whatever, which is mm-hmm. again, a bit before my time. So Dennis the Menace strikes again was like the perfect fit for me as a kid. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a whole lot of hijinks and uh I had it on VHS so I could watch it whenever I wanted and that was, that was kind of my movie. What about you? See, it's funny because you called me out earlier for my Dunstan checks in bullshit, which is valid. However, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking and I'm realizing that every movie I'm thinking of is either from the 80s or the 2000s because <laughs> I definitely thought of Max Keeble's big movie and that's an extremely 2000s film. So that does not really fit the bill as described. It's definitely a mischief movie. But yeah, it is but not two, a nineties movie. Two thousands mischief is is very. It's a different, different brand of mischief. And nineteen ninety seven is on the cusp, but mm-hmm. it still got less of an edge. And I'm using the oh, word yeah, this, edge very loosely. <laughs> this is way more nineties than it is two thousands. What about Problem Child two? You ever check that one out? I can't say that I have. Um, okay. Am I missing much? I mean, well, I guess we'll have to get to it. I I think I was too busy watching as we've recently discussed, weird kids game shows. I think my life just got filled with those. Yeah, I had t- I had time for it all. I don't, I don't know what I did as a kid. I didn't go outside, I guess. But game shows and um, much forgotten sequels, reboots, that was my life. And that's how you become a podcaster, folks. It's that easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. okay, so you brought up the Flintstones already. Uh, that's directed by one of the writers of this movie. So real quick, I'm just going to ask you, uh, do you have any thoughts on Jingle All The Way? Because he also directed that. Yeah, yeah, I dig that one. Saw it as a kid a few times. Haven't seen it uh, since I have come of age and become comfortable with my body. Um, Dude. And I, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't even seen it since I became uncomfortable with my body. I saw this so long ago that I didn't even think about my body back then. But I like Jingle all the way. I is, do. Is that put the cookie down? Is that a line in the movie? Uh, yeah. Is that that one where that Arnold one. is like, put the cookie down? Is it that or is that like Kindergarten Cop? Oh, I'm a big fan of Kindergarten Cop too, and I is that Kindergarten Cop also, or did it get a sequel? It did get the sequel, and I'm not a big fan of that one. A sequel, 
a sequel starring Dolph Lundgren, the villain in Rocky IV. Oh, I'm very familiar with Dolph. Yeah. Uh, no, I like Kindergarten Cop, and I don't remember that line, but there are a bunch of great lines in Kindergarten Cop, so I might just be forgetting, because that sounds more like a Kindergarten Cop line than a Jingle All the Way line. I agree that it does, but as a result, I can't... we got to inform the people. It is from the movie Jingle All the Way, 1996. Mm. He's on a payphone, it looks like. I'm not going to watch the clip right now because I'm a consummate professional. But, um, you know, we're, we're sitting in a weird mind space right now, I think. I think um, Leave It to Beavers got us in a weird spot. So um, I want to ask a little bit about what your expectations were going into this movie, knowing where it sits in like the 90s oeuvre of the Mischief Family movie and your complete unawareness of the original sitcom. Sure. Okay. Well, um, unawareness of the original sitcom for sure. Uh, but my expectations of this movie were a bit solidified um, already because to stop playing Koi Cory, this is actually uh, much more of an important movie to me than Dennis the Menace Strikes Again. This is probably one of my most watched movies Fuck of all time. Off. Are I've, you uh, kidding me? I've seen this movie so, so many are times. You, Liam, are you fucking serious? Yeah, I'm serious. How did you keep this quiet for so long? We've been planning to do this for weeks. Yeah. Are yeah. you? Oh, my God. And oh uh, God. this this isn't even a movie that was that like I was excited to revisit because it's from my childhood, like Jingle <laughs> All the Way. Like, I saw this so many times as a kid that it's stuck in my brain. I've looked it up online a lot no in the past way. decade just to check it out. And uh, and I, I've seen it since I became uncomfortable with my body. I, I probably watched <laughs> this most recently about two, two, three years ago. What? I was just, I was at my house, um, summer vacation. I was at my childhood house and I just wanted to watch it. So I went in the basement and put on the VHS tape. You own the movie still? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Those VHS tapes didn't go anywhere, man. So I watched my original copy and, uh, it wasn't really fresh to me then because I'd seen it so much and you know, it was nice to see it again. You watched this movie until the wheels fell off and never heard about the original sitcom? Like, like I knew that it was based on a uh, sitcom, but I've never gone so far in my Leave it to Beaver <laughs> fandom as to, like, seek out episodes of the show or read about uh, what went on originally. Like, I, I figure from seeing this movie so many times that, like, it's taking from a lot of episodes of the show and, like, weaving it into various subplots because the movie does feel very vignette-y. Um, it's very greatest but- hits. Yeah. Yeah, very greatest hits. But but yeah, no, it's true that I really don't know anything about the show besides what I get in this movie. Oh my god. I'm so impressed and stunned and shocked. Like that was a very real response. You know, and maybe it's just because I'm so bad at not talking about movies. I have no idea how when I recommended doing this, I couldn't even hear in your voice a familiarity. You played it so straight. Yeah. Like like, yeah, yeah, guess, good guess, idea, dude. Holy I guess we ought to stress, yeah, that I didn't bring this one up. This was uh, this, this was my idea. I thought I was a genius because I had no idea this movie existed. Perfect fodder for the show. And Liam was just like, yeah, sounds good. 
Holy so uh, I guess let's throw it back to you, Corey. What were your expectations? Um, well, I I did try to watch some episodes of the show beforehand to refamiliarize myself. It didn't go very well because a lot of the rips to YouTube are doing that weird thing where the audio just cuts out and every once in a while it just cuts to a random part of the screen to avoid like copyright blockers. So you can't really watch um, the show in a way that's not completely fucking disorienting. Yeah. Which is fun on its own merit. But it meant that I didn't have much to go on other than what people would tell me about it because I knew that, like I had said, like my parents had some familiarity with the show and they were like, wow, I'd be curious to see what they did with that in the 90s. And they were like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's that it's the very same sitcom that we discussed before. Um, and I knew based on the poster that it looked like it was going to have a very Dennis the menace kind of goof em up mischief bullshit vibe and really my hope was just i want this movie to be as weird as humanly possible i want this movie to crank the weirdness to like 16 like how like what did you think could be weird about a movie like this i think i just wanted it to make weird choices like weird like kill the beaver in a biking no not like violent but just like visually weird um i wanted it to seem weird because you know like I feel like there's a version of this that is directed by David Lynch. Maybe, or just like, I didn't want it to be unremarkable. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to have things to latch onto. And in my head, what that meant would be make weird choices, play with the source material in weird ways. Don't play it super safe. Like, and I think they, like, I mean a fucking, a seven year old kid climbs the side of a cafe and falls into a giant coffee cup like you know this movie makes choices right like (laughs) um i wanted it to feel distinctly weird 90s i guess Sure. well from from what i've heard um we'll we'll plant this seed for later uh the brady bunch movie from the 90s does that i've seen probably 20 minutes of the movie um which 20 uh, (laughs) Uh, just like, like two full scenes, um, from like the middle of the film. Okay. And, uh, it's, it's, it is strange. It's like, it's, uh, it's playing the source material straight of like the wholesome smiley Brady bunch, but it's playing it so straight that it becomes a joke and like not a joke in that, like you're laughing at it. Like the movie is very, it it seems very self-aware and it's really strange. I watched um, this 20 minute clip because I think I found it on like Facebook or something. It was shared and I saw it and I, I had no idea what it was from, but it was just like, it was immediately compelling tonally. And it wasn't until afterward that I looked it up. Like what the hell is this movie? And then I realized it was based on a property. So I, I guess I, I understand where you're coming from when you say weird, but not beaver dying in a in a terrible crash. I, I didn't there want are, this there movie is like to a gray feel, like, area. feel like a creepypasta, but I wanted to know that it was based on a sitcom from the 50s and that it was 1997 now, basically. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, I can't wait anymore. I need to know what you think of this movie now. I can't believe you have a relationship with this movie. I, I, I don't know what to do with that information, so I'm just going to steamroll here a little bit um, because the plot doesn't, really matter like you said it's kind of vignette basically we have beaver he's out with his brother he sees a bike that he wants and eddie haskell who is their like weird kind of like scheming friend says well if you just trick your dad into loving you more by playing football they'll buy you the bike 
And um, that's what happens. And then the bike gets stolen and in between hijinks ensue. And that's basically the plot of the movie. It's not yeah. really the kind of thing where you're on a point A to point B kind of journey. And I need Dude, to know. That's, yeah, okay, no, yeah. go ahead. No, that's just exactly right. As you were as you were describing that, like he gets his bike stolen, then a bunch of stuff happens. I was picturing in my head a graph of this plot, and it was like it goes up and down and around, and yeah, it definitely it's not point A to point B at all. No, it's it's really like it's the alphabet. This yeah. is an alphabet film, and I don't know if that's a phrase, but if it if it's not, I'm coining it now, and we're keeping that. That one's ours. Tm tm tm. Um. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Now that you're at a different point in your life than maybe you were two and a half years ago, and certainly more than you were when you saw this as a small child, Liam, tell me about Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> Dude, I, I still love this movie. Um, <laughs> to, to me, I think that I love it because of uh, what I imagine was the appeal of that original show and why people watched it every week. Like, it just it feels like a warm blanket to me. I like... Uh, I like all the dumb like plots within the movie, you know, subplots um, as they are called. I like all the, <laughs> I like I like the places it goes. I think um, I think its tone is is very charming because it's not super weird. Like it's just I can't really think of many movies um, released like in the '90s that like, that play it so straight, and it's just. Uh, it's it's just like so wholesome. It it feels like a movie that um like I can't imagine seeing this in the theater. It blew my mind when I learned this was a theatrical film. I probably learned that a few years ago, you know, that it was made for 15 million dollars and that's just crazy to me cuz to me it is like a it's a VHS movie. It's a movie that um uh the scenes are memorable like because they are just they are so vignette It's just scene after scene after scene, so it sticks in my brain easily. And I think that's why I've remembered it for so long. And watching it through this time, you know, uh, nothing surprised me, but because I knew exactly what to expect, it was very hard for me to be let down, you know. Um, I'm not super behind the kid who plays the beaver, and I think I realized that more so than I ever did in my life, is just that, like... Um, he's like kind of annoying and, and a bit too uh, like a bit too um, sweet. Sh- yeah. Sugary sweet. But, but that being said, you know, he's not so annoying that he's grating on me the entire movie. And I can see why they went with him because there are some scenes where he really works. But overall, I think it is just like the tone of this movie that that I love. It's it's probably the same thing that won me over with Air Bud is just like I like the family living in this suburban house and uh, uh, just like getting up to things. Um, and I like the uh, the friend, Eddie. He's probably my favorite oh my character God. in the movie. And, and that's something I realized a couple years ago once I watched it for the first time since being a kid. I was like... This kid who's playing Eddie is like killing Eddie's it. He's got like fucking chops, dude. Eddie has he does. He's, rules. <laughs> he's just he's he's a really really magnetic uh, character and a, and a really good performance. And he's and so like, just he's got like a real like smarminess. <laughs> like, 
Totally, but it's like he's the smarminess that like I would expect a kid to have. It's charming. It's just like a bit, yeah, like a bit ahead of his years, but also still very much a kid. Like it doesn't feel like the joke is that he's a smarmy adult in a kid's body. You know, he very much still feels like a kid. Like I, like I knew some kids like this when when I was. Yeah, uh, he just plays as like a, a kid, weirdly you know? enthusiastic twelve-year-old in lieu of like a a self-important adult. Yeah, and then and then and then you meet his dad eventually, and you see that his dad is like exactly like played by the original Eddie Haskell for what it's worth. I think that's so cute, and um, it's just to me, dude, it's just a dad who hates women, like. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, it's just a really easy movie to watch, you know. I've seen this so many times, and I can't um, believe that. Still, and, that's like, <laughs> oh my god, I will never and, get over that. And I'm not really um, the kind of person nowadays that rewatches movies um, because there's so much out there, and it's just you know, even movies I love that came out in recent years, I don't go back to them, even though I you know, like I know I would really like to. I'm just I'm more of a like move forward kind of guy, and so I'm not I'm not often revisiting movies from my childhood. But this one, it wasn't a drag to revisit at all. You know, I I watched it the whole time. I wasn't like. Uh, on my phone or doing laundry because I had seen it so much. I was I was right there with the movie. It flew by, and uh, you know I'm just I'm happy to know that I'm one of the fans of this movie. I don't know how many it has, but but I'm definitely one of them. Um, I, I'm really glad that it's like managed to maintain over such a long period of time for you. And I I just love that. Of all the movies that could be your, like, go-to childhood movie, I cannot fucking believe it's this. Not because it's bad or anything. I don't mean that at all, but just, like, what a weird... Like, it's the only movie I can think of that has, like, a 1950s soda shop with a parking lot full of 1950s cars where a kid in 90s clothes is doing BMX tricks in the parking lot. (laughs) Yeah, dude, it's just but like back in those days, you know, when I when I watched this and like I probably started watching Did it, in it what, feel like two- weird when you started to watch it. Was that like dissonance palpable? No, I know it not at all. Like it was it was very much um, it was just like seeing an old friend and like right when you see him, like you remember exactly how you guys acted together and like he seems exactly like he used to, you know, mm-hmm. whereas sometimes you meet an old friend and you're like, oh my God, like I've grown past this and like you're stuck in the past and I'm not there with you. But this one, it, f- it feels like uh, like it's either the movie grew with me or it's easy for me to grow back to where I was when I saw this movie. You know, it started and I couldn't recall exactly how it begins, but then right as the movie faded in, I was like, oh yeah, he's delivering newspapers. Uh, and I knew it right away, you know, and that kind of happened throughout the entire movie. And, um, but you know, back uh, in 2000, 2001, when I started watching this movie, it was, uh, that was a time where like, you didn't choose a movie. Like the movie kind of had to choose you. Like it was whatever you had in your house. <laughs> Like, that's what you're watching, you know? It's not like right. I saw like, Leave it to Beaver next to all these other, like, wicked childhood movies, Jurassic Park, E.T., Back to the Future, all these movies we've talked about me missing. I didn't choose Leave it to Beaver over that. It's just Leave it, to it, Beaver happened shows to be you. In, it happened to be in my house, and so I watched the shit out of it, and uh, I developed a connection. Wow, that's that's beautiful. And I'm not saying that in, like, a disparaging, goofy way. Like, that's just... A wild thing that happens sometimes where people will just be attached to stuff 
and that's why it's mostly like happenstance or your parents happen to own it or some shit or like it came home from like a blockbuster one night and it just sort of appeared into your life and then it was just there continually yeah until adulthood that's crazy wow um well i'm happy to report to the audience at home that this is pretty much exactly what i wanted out of this movie um it's weird you think it's weird um yeah i have no idea what you mean by playing it straight at all (laughs) um okay this movie i feel like is far too self-aware to play it straight and it winks and nods a lot (laughs) i can't help but wonder if maybe to you it feels like it's being played more straight because you first saw it when you were a kid and you wouldn't have thought anything of it so maybe mm-hmm. it just feels like it's playing it straight. Um, I thought this movie had a great awareness of what the fuck it was dealing with, which is Leave It to Beaver. And it had ways it could subvert that, had ways it could reinforce that, and also just felt like it had a bit of a fun tension between what that traditionally is and what that is here. Because I don't think it loses the like wholesomeness edge, but I think it's got enough awareness to sort of regularly suggest to the audience that it knows um that it's not the 50s anymore in fact when i was reading about this movie after roger ebert actually gave this movie three out of four stars and said quote i was surprised to find myself seduced by the film's simple premise sweet story and amused by the sly inclinations or rather the sly indications that the cleavers don't live in the 1950s anymore um in terms of straight weirdness though um I mean, Albert Einstein shows up in a school locker room to confuse kids about football. Like it's a, it's weird. Like I mean, like the sight gags I, are wild. Yeah, like you're kind of over Like he's there for like a second, you know. Yeah, like and that cute, makes like it weirder, Liam. Gag. You think so? <laughs> yes, I think the fact that it's just like the- we're doing it, we're doing an Einstein bit. Now all the football players are adults. Like it's fucking. I love it, but it's not not weird. Like it all just feels like the sort of thing that's in like uh like any sitcom on TV nowadays. Where just sometimes you got to make a joke by like but that wasn't what switching leave things it to up Beaver a little was. bit. That's what I mean though. It updated uh. it effectively, and all I wanted it to do was that. I wanted it to make a bunch of weird bullshit choices. I wanted everybody to wear fifties clothes for no reason. I wanted everybody but the bullies to wear fifties clothes. Right. I don't know. I think we might be in a weird spot because. With you, it's in conversation with so many memories and so much familiarity. Or maybe we're just reading it differently. But I definitely thought that, like, some of those bits were sufficiently weird. Or, like, the fact that when the new teacher, Miss Landers, like, asks everybody about their summer vacation, they all just talk about how they had, like, family members die and, like, fucking a bad vacations and all this shit. That's weird. Like, that's not typical. Huh. Uh, okay, you don't right. sound convinced, so I would love for you to elaborate. I, I like, I don't know, like it's, 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 it's not not nineties. I agree that it's nineties, but that doesn't make it not weird. I guess. I mean, you know, I haven't seen any Leave It to Beaver, and so I guess that's the perspective you're coming from here. But like, it doesn't feel that different than like just like most, most like comedy PG comedies I've seen in my life. Yeah, I'm not saying it's, like, radically different, but knowing the deal of the source material and knowing what this, like, 90s mischief movie was like, I just wanted it to lean into that, and it does, you know? Mm. I do think, though, that you're right in that there is, like, an undercurrent that is very just like, this is a nice family movie, for sure. I wouldn't debate that at all. 
I mean, like, they really hammer home the life lessons and, like, the themes of not quitting and... Uh, loving your dad. And loving your dad. And, like, all that stuff, like, <laughs> like doesn't seem like it's delivered with a smirk. It's, uh... I'm not saying... Oh, it's not. Not all of it is delivered with a smirk, but, like, I think... Um, there's something to be said when June is like, you know, why is it that all men are more obsessed with their fathers than their own kids? And it's like, whereas the sort of parenting model that he's operating on 40 years previous when the show premiered, no one's questioning that. And there's definitely an undercurrent of things like, you know, living vicariously through your kids and forcing them to play sports, trying to not turn into your shitty parents. And the fact that the movie is aware of that and reflexively inserting that into the story and amplifying it at times with like sight gags and weird shit is what I think sort of helps make that work. Mm -hmm. And um, it definitely, when it's not doing that, does just hit like fun family movie beats for sure. Like here's a bunch of kids and they slipped into a bunch of fish because whoops. Um, but like, it's impossible to ignore the fact that like, there are people driving like fifties cars and then there's when the cameo for the original June Cleaver actress happens, she's driving around in a car that literally has a phone in it. <laughs> and that's weird. Like, mm. I also just want to really, the thing I want to dive into first is that the script of this movie, boy, it's got some weird stuff in it. There's some weird quotes in this movie. It's just some stuff that I thought was fun. Like when Eddie says sucking up is so second nature to me, I forgot others find it hard. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, how about when a kid that's named Lumpy, which is really mean, says, hey, Beaver, want to come over to my house and watch my sister make out with her boyfriend? <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> like there's just stuff like that or there's stuff that's like when the kid is in the class and he's saying like, yeah, like. My parents shipped me off to summer camp because my dad left. And then when I came back, my dad was back, but he's stuck sleeping in my room. So now I sleep on the couch and also my cat died. Yeah, I got to <laughs> like, say, it's with just that so line, weird. That was the line that's always existed in my head, like the words <laughs> and the rhythm of it. But I never actually. The kid nails he it. Was he says it like really. He performs it perfectly. Yeah, and and he performs it so well that as a child, like I knew it was funny, but I had no idea what he was talking about. Like I didn't know what he was saying. And this time around, I was like, "Oh shit, that's like heavy." Yeah, or there's like Eddie Haskell is like so obsessed with Karen that he's like, "Look, I have a photo book of us," and it's just like her looking upset that her picture is getting taken in public places. Yeah, like, that's funny. Or um. At one point, Eddie just starts talking to Mrs. Cleaver and just says that she looks like a babe, which is weird because Eddie yeah. Haskell is 12. Yeah. Um, but he's got this really, like, casual, cool guy attitude that, like, you just kind of buy it. Like, it's very weird. Um, I don't know, man. So, I guess, to make it, like, just clear for everybody, um, the main, like, plot of the movie is that there is a bike like a bmx bike that beaver wants and eddie haskell convinces him that like well you got to suck up to your parents and to do that if you just started playing football because your dad wants you to play football you'll endear yourself to him more and they'll get you the bike which ultimately proves true and then because wally and eddie were like fucking around later the bike gets stolen and theoretically the plot of the movie is trying to get the bike back but that really only happens in like two or three other scenes 
And then there's just like Beaver doesn't want to play football anymore and he's doing bad in class. So he uses getting like after school lessons to compensate and not go to football. And um, Wally and Karen start like getting together until her shitty 90s clothes Kyle boyfriend shows back up. Kyle boyfriend is not a phrase. That means nothing. His name is Kyle. Was her boyfriend. Um, Dude, I wanted to be Kyle so badly. Kyle's got such an outrageous fucking look. Like He looks so good, man. He's got one earring, narrow bandana, middle parted hair, long open button up shirts with patterned tank tops underneath. Yeah, and I don't know... Um, if he is wearing eyeliner, maybe they just cast a dude who's like pretty and looks like he has eyeliner, but like he looks like he has eyeliner in yeah. a couple scenes and it, it he looks he looks metal. Yeah, it's he's got a real look and it's so weird seeing that juxtaposed to like Wally, for example, who is really just dressed like a 50s kid. Like there's that classic like long sleeve collared shirt with like a blocked stripe pattern or something or just like buttoned up wally actually kind of weirdly threads a needle because like some of his shirts are worn open and kind of big like they'd be in the 90s and then sometimes he just looks like straight out of the mid 50s um, yeah or like at the football themed birthday party everybody definitively looks like 90s kids but then later uh one of beaver's friends lumpy again i don't like that his name's lumpy it makes me upset but they're all like hiding out watching wally and karen on a date and they're all just wearing like plain t-shirts and one of the kids is wearing suspenders and like Eddie wears loafers and it's just like what the fuck is the like June is just dressed up like a 50s mom <laughs> the whole time like yeah the dissonance of like what year is it supposed to be because it's like everyone's dressed like the 50s but then he gets a computer for his birthday and it's like what the fuck's happening like <laughs> yeah yeah well I tell you what Corey um if anything this podcast has been a great benefit to me because it's it's made me appreciate this movie even more because all the stuff that i love is still there and now you're introducing me to this angle that like it's it's actually playing on so much of the 50s stuff more than i thought because i guess the reason i i haven't caught on to that stuff is like by the 90s leave it to beaver is like and it's uh it's tone and it's style is so influential that basically like everything is playing and subverting on the leave it yeah it's simultaneously influential and antiquated so everyone is like spinning it so to see this spin it feels unremarkable which might be like why the movie didn't make that much money right because it's just like uh yeah it made 10 10 mil on a 15 million dollar budget yeah it's just like a it's kind of like a regular 90s movie um really i think it's a valid read uh you've kind of given me enough material that like I could amp up my love of this one more rung and like write a academic paper on it or something. This is a, this I, is a ball. And I think you can make that work. Cause it's got like, it's weird. Cause it threads the needle on like weird sight gags. Like there's a point where, because he's falling behind in school, Beaver is sent to a, the school psychiatrist and his whole family goes for some reason. But when June hears the word psychiatrist, it cuts to, beaver in like a straight jacket in a padded room in an asylum for like two seconds <laughs> and yeah, then goes yeah. away um yeah that's awesome so it's weird yeah it feels very 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 90s in that way i feel like the trajectory of its humor is very like 90s but it's it's sort of elevated by its self-awareness 
Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how to talk about this because like there's beats that we won't hit if we don't explicitly mention them. But, like there's no plot to really like mention it in like a cohesive way. Like the problem with Karen is that Eddie has the hots for Karen, but then Karen has a crush on Wally. So then there's just sort of some back and forth stuff with like Wally feels bad that Karen wants him. And then Eddie tries to like weasel his way like into that by being friends with Beaver. And then they go to an indoor skating rink when Kyle shows back up. And for some reason there's a gazebo in the middle of the skating rink. And it's also not winter. So I don't know why there's a skating rink. And I don't know why Kyle, who seems far too cool for skating rinks, even went. Because he's so good at skating, man. He's, Did you he, see him take he gave off? Wally a pretty fucking gnarly face wash, which was pretty uh, uncool, if I dare say so myself. Um, I think it was so cool. There, there are there are two two kinds of people in this world: well, Kyle I mean, fans and not Kyle. It's fans. cool, but it's also uncool because he's being a dick. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Oh hell yeah, dude! I love not liking other people. <laughs> I love treating women like objects. Cool, Liam. Thanks. I love uh Kyle does a lot of that. He literally fallen in fudge. Um Kyle meets up with his friend who was never named that stole the bike from Beaver and Kyle says, "Yeah, I also just stole something from somebody. It's this human being." Kyle, that's not cool. You can't say that, Kyle. <laughs> um the Beaver's bad at football cuz he's very small. He's a very very small boy. Dude, I think the reason it's tough to talk about this is the same reason it would be tough to talk about like a season of a TV show. It's it really just, is too vignette Yeah, there's just like there's some episodes of it and you can't really talk about them all. Um, but you could talk about how you feel about like the, the show as a whole. And uh, I think maybe that's why this movie is such a good adaptation of uh, the show is that it, it like feels... It feels like a TV show that's wrapped up in a nice in a nice little bow, and that's not what I would want from every adaptation of a TV show. But I think for this one, it works. Yeah, and I think um, you know, for kids who maybe grew up with that show, who would have been seeing that in the '90s as like early adulthood, they would be able to appreciate that familiarity and the pulls that this movie is making and the new stylistic approach. So it kind of works on two levels. I mean, evidently not that many people saw it, so who's to say how it actually went? But, like, um, at the same time, though, I think that it's also different enough from the original that people who grew up with the original show might just think this is, like, blasphemous. I definitely saw some YouTube comments that sounded like they were ripped straight from fucking 1957 talking about this show. So I'm willing to bet there's a fan base that's pretty fucking antiquated in their social values that maybe would not appreciate this. Well, shit, I guess that shows you all you need to know that this movie is is an update on the 50s thing and it's not just uh, the the wholesome 50s in color, you know? Yeah, because it's making uh, shitty people upset, which is usually pretty all right. Yeah, um, that that Kyle, dude, he didn't hate women enough. This honestly, somebody, somebody out there thinks that and that dude sucks. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening, go away. <laughs> um. Because I know you're looking for all the Leave It to Beaver content you can get, and I'm willing to bet we're the only podcast this year that covers this movie, so... Um, Stick to the black and white stuff, losers. You fucking narcs. (laughs) Okay. So, a lot of the, like, dynamic of this movie is predicated on the fact that, like, Wally and Beaver have, like, a history of getting into hijinks, and, like, it just disappoints their dad and makes their dad angry. (laughs) 
um, most of the time. And um, the dad, uh, Ward, is trying to get better about not, like, flying off the handle or, like, trying to figure out what his kids are actually like and not just, like, scaring them into not wanting to talk to him. So it's got a good moral for all you prospective dads about out there to, like, you know, care about your kids and not be a dick. Um, I would have liked to see them maybe have, like, more going on with june as a character because she definitely has some of the wink and nod moments but i feel like she's kind of relegated to the sideline and i think if they wanted to draw attention to that kind of thing that character would have been a perfect way to mobilize like the update factor here so that's a little disappointing yeah yeah for sure i mean to me she she just felt like a normal a normal mom every yeah, time i've watched normal this, you know? 50s mom in a way that yeah. was like oh you could have done a little bit with that because her performance is really good like every performance in this movie is great pretty much um i understand how you feel about cameron finley who is playing beaver who where sometimes it's a he's laying it on a little thick with like the kiddiness of it but i think like especially when they're given weirdly adult things to say or like profound things or just weird language to say like a lot of what goes to eddie um every kid in this movie crushes it they're all very believable despite where this tone is and like there's just something that works like the kid who plays judy who basically just shows up to be a narc just very perfectly encapsulates like the self-important smart kid who wants to prove to how smart she is to everybody and um beaver is like the very sweet little kid eddie's like the weird smarmy wannabe playboy scheme guy Wally is like the noble older brother. I think the dad and the mom both have great performances. I think the bullies are both fucking great. <laughs> but even a lot of the kids that get like one line or like a couple lines just like make it work. There's a point where Beaver fucks up the first football game by giving the ball to the other team. And one of his teammates goes to like be like, yo, what the fuck? And Beaver's like, are you going to like beat me up? And then he just kind of goes, no, I'm not going to beat you up because coach says that's on sports. And like, I just wanted to let you know that I was like not happy with you. And he just walks away and like pats him on the yeah. shoulder and walks away. And it's like, what? Like, that's just, it's just bizarre. How do you feel about the rest of the, the actors aside from uh, Beaver? Oh, dude. Well, I think they're all memorable, Beaver included. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't really know how they did it what it is about them but you're right these kids who have just a few lines you know that kid on the football field i remembered his voice like throughout all these years i remembered what that kid sounded like the kid who says that he's he's sleeping on the couch now he's good yeah. uh the kid who like eats a lot of cupcakes i think i think he's he's like memorable and i don't you know i don't know how much of this <laughs> is just like because i grew up with it because yeah. Again, I don't think like it, it is. I would, I would buy that too. Brenda Song, who of Sweet Life of Zack and Cody fame, talks about the Grand Canyon and also her dead grandma. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, it's just. Uh, I wanted to let you keep going. I, I wanted to cut in because that line also makes me laugh. Uh, it's all good. I kind of lost it. It's, uh, it does. It's, it's just, it's, it's real. It's a catchy movie, is what it is. Yeah. So. Um, because you have such a relationship with it, like having seen it so many times up to this point, what are the, the moments that still stick out to you or the things that you find that you think about a lot? Like what are your favorite parts of this movie that has been with you for so long? 
the kissing party sticks with me a lot because I think it's like it's one of the only scenes in the movie that's like indoors and is kind of gloomy looking. There's a lot of sunshine in this movie. It's, yeah. And uh, so that set has all has stuck with me. Um, and also nobody Beaver, wants to kiss Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Beaver's talk with his dad about he, how he's going to quit being a quitter. Um, th- that line in particular, Beaver's, okay, dad, I'll quit being trying to be a quitter. Uh, that has stuck with me like all my life. Like I hear that line. That is my train drops of Jupiter. It repeats in my <laughs> head sometimes. Uh, and uh, a lot of the football field stuff has stuck in my head, particularly the climax where Kyle gets dipped into the fudge, Beaver getting his bike stolen and seeing this older kid doing like these sick BMX tricks. But the kid is really like only 15. Yeah. I, I, I like related to that as a kid, man. I was like t- being a teenager seems so sick. You just you just know how to do cool bike tricks and like, like you, turn you roam around the city you by yourself to do and that <laughs> find kids to like prey upon yeah i think i'm with you with a lot of that i think the conversation they have at the end like in the giant coffee cup is pretty good it's a very just like heartwarming moment where the dad kind of figures some stuff out i can't get over the fact that the kid who stole the bike showing up to the football game at the end is the only reason they win that football game because beaver was going to run into the wrong end zone and then chases the kid on the bike all the way into the correct end zone and completely off the field he was just helping Beaver out to win the game. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is there anything else that you want to cover as like the resident fan of the show here? Um, not of our show. Uh, I mean, I hope you like our show, but I do mean the uh, the movie. <laughs> Is there anything else that we should hit? Because I think like. In a lot of ways, it kind of speaks for itself. It, it is exactly what it looks like it would be, and I think in a way that really works. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't have like a litany of reasons why I love this movie. It's it's not the kind of movie that I could write uh, an academic essay on. It's just a movie that I love uh, because I've loved it all my life, and I don't know how to do anything else. You don't know? How, oh, that's nice. That's like a nice sentiment. That's a very sweet thing to say. Do you think people should watch it? Do you think like someone our age? should take the time to go experience this movie or is it unique to you because you have a history with it? It's absolutely unique to me because I have a history with it. You know, um, that's why I was taken off guard by you saying it's weird because if I thought it was weird, I might actually suggest it to people. Um, I would only recommend this to people like if they just, they have a a real big fondness for like nineties family movies because that's, that's what it is to me. Kind of plain and simple. Yeah, I mean, I I was talking with um a friend earlier today about this movie and what I said was a lot of what I said here and then I said but I absolutely don't recommend you watch it. I think for similar reasons where it's like you know, we did this for the show and I had expectations and wants of the movie because of that and I watched it because of that and I was happy with what I got in service of that, but I don't think I ever would have bothered taking the time to seek it out on its own merit and i don't know if there's really enough here for anybody to bother doing that despite its 85 minute runtime unless you want to compare to other children's movies like the time it takes to get to somebody getting a pie in the face because in this movie it's literally like a minute and i'm sure that's got to be fast compared to other kids movies yeah um but other than that i think you know if we've made it sound interesting by all means but I think 
it's a really interesting time capsule of an update that sort of got lost in the shuffle. And I'm glad that you have such an attachment to it because I live for like people having one thing that they're way into that just no one else is way into. Nice. Yeah. Awesome, man. That's great. I'm like, that really just sort of broke me when you said that. I couldn't believe that. That was such a good hide. Oh, I mean, it's the finale of Animal Movie Month. It only took us six weeks to get there, like we said. Um, What was your favorite animal movie that we watched? Mm. It can't be this, because you have a history here, so I get if it's this. It can be, you say? I think You're it can be. Me? Eh, I mean, you know, who am I? Yeah. No, um... I think it, it was absolutely this because uh, I think what we've learned over the course of Animal Month is that like animal movies are kind of lackluster to me, man. I mean, Jurassic Park 3, Pet Cemetery 2, they're both uh, like kind of average to me. Jaws, Sucks. The Revenge wasn't bad. It was it was just like you were it not was a, less than good. You weren't a cat people uh, person. You did not like cats. <laughs> Yeah, no. So if you're going to listen to any episode from Animal Month, you know, um, I would probably listen to the Cats episode because I think we do a lot in that one. And um, Or just listen to all our episodes. Talk about. Yeah, or do that. Yeah. Um, I think mine, I mean, I'm going to say Cat People because Cat People is my favorite. One of, like, it's a movie I really like. So, like, naturally it would be my favorite. Um, I think Jurassic Park 3 at least gave us some stuff to talk about. Cats feels like too easy a target to pick because like Cats was also the zeitgeist. Um, so I'll give Jurassic Park 3 like a slight nod here, but I definitely think things like Jaws and Pet Cemetery did not give me a lot to be excited about in terms of animal movies and where we're at with those in the year of our Lord 2020. And I think with that, I would love to once again wrap up Animal Month. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and with that, thank you everybody once again for listening to another episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, all one word, on Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Breaker, Stitcher, and all those other services as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and your favorite movie from Animal Month, which took six weeks. Liam, where can people find you? Well, hey, you guys can find my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallow. And you can catch me on Twitter at Mr. Corey Price. And we would also suggest that you track down the show on Twitter, like we said. And if your podcast service lets you do ratings and reviews, we'd love to see more of those. Please shoot us an email, share it with your friends, do whatever you got to do. And um, with all that said, can't say that wasn't a movie.